Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters. Thank you so, so much for listening or watching us, uh, listening to us or watching us today. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you're watching us, you will have noticed that we are in a completely uh, different uh, location. We are um, filming in a different location for a reason that will become uh, plain and obvious rather shortly. Uh, so, my name is Bruce Johnson, and I am joined here for the first time on uh, in Reformed Dissenters history by two guests. Uh, my aunt, uh, Donna Wade, and um, Joe, Joseph Lassiter's dad, uh, Travis Lassiter. And uh, we're going to be learning a lot more about uh, these two uh, individuals today on the show. So, thank you both so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Um, both Jay, uh, Jacob and, and Joe were out today, so I figured today was a really good time to start having guests on the show. Really good opportunity to start doing that. So, um, so <clears throat> if you are looking to help share and spread the word about the Reformed Dissenter Show, we would really appreciate it. best way to do that is to go to our website, which is trdshow.net, and that's where you can find a list of links to all of the various and uh, many platforms that we're on, including uh, pro-First Amendment platforms. Um, so that, again, that's trdshow.net, and if you are interested in reaching out to us and sending us some encouraging words or sharing some data or anything you'd like to send our way, you can do that at the show inbox, and that is trdshow at protonmail.com. Again, that's trdshow at protonmail.com. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more with deep dives starting this week. Last week, if you didn't get a chance to already, I would highly encourage you to go to any of our pro First Amendment platforms and watch Joe Lassiter's uh, deep dive that he did last week on the chapters uh, that we read from our book um, this month, our, our brand new book, which is God in Government by Gary DeMar. He, he talked about what he read uh, in a deep dive, so I would highly encourage you to check that out. Uh, but also this week, since this is going to be a different show, we are not going to be getting into that, that piece of literature during the show today. So if you'd like to hear what we read in this, this week um, and you'd like to hear us talk more about those chapters, you'll have to go to any of our pro First Amendment platforms. That includes Gab TV, uh, Odyssey, and Rumble. You have to go to those three platforms to watch where we'll be putting up a deep dive about an uh, probably half an hour to 45 minute deep dive on the literature of the month for this week. So definitely make sure you check us out there anytime after Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. So uh, as a reminder, the theme of the month this month is what is the realm and authority of Caesar? So we started breaking that down and really getting into that uh, last week. And it's going to tie sort of into some of the discussions we have on the show today. Some of the questions we're going to be asking our guests relate to that theme, um, which is why I picked some of the questions that I did. So it's just good to know what we're basing that on. Our show breakdown today is actually simpler than usual. Like I said before, we're not going to be talking about the literature of the month, we're really just going to be talking with our two guests here today, which I'm going to introduce further in a second. But before we get to that, we have to talk about the verse of the week. And the verse this week um, is Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, two verses. I can't stop picking multiple verses, it seems. Three weeks in a row, it seems I've done this, so just can't seem to tie it down to one verse, but our verses of the week, um, Colossians 3, 23, and 24. And this is actually what uh, Jake and Joe use at the end of the show when they uh, when they wrap it, wrap things up. So uh, the, so 
Colossians 3, 23 and 24 are, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And so this is something to remember um, in any in any position you're in in life. Remember who you're serving. Re- remember who you're working for, right? You're working heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And, and remembering who it is that you're working as unto, right? Working as unto the Lord, um, as Jake and as Joe say at the end of every episode. Um, when you keep that in mind, it, it changes your perspective. And it, it really makes you think about what it is that you're doing and, and how you're doing what you do. Um, so I, I think this is a very important verse to remember. And, and this really applies to any theme that we do, because in all that you do, do as unto the Lord. So, and again, that's Colossians 3, 23 and 24. All right. Well, you've heard me talk enough. Let's uh, talk about our guests. So first off, we're going to introduce Travis Lassiter. And I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about Travis. He is the executive director of the Black Hills Pregnancy Center. Um, he's an accomplished leader in healthcare with 27 years of experience, uh, 21 years in an Air Force, as an Air Force uh, medic. Uh, he managed multiple clinics to include family health, uh, family health clinic, um, subspecialty treatment and referral center, uh, and ambulance services. So a lot there. Uh, worked on wing inspection teams um, that audit unit processes and offer process improvement solutions. Um, handpicked to serve a few special assignments, which include medical research and serving as medical support to the president and vice president of the United States. Uh, He served as chairman of the Pennington County Planning and Zoning Commission um, and now serves as Pennington County Commissioner. So, Travis Lassiter, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. By the way, can I just interject? I love the music at the beginning of the (laughs) I just wanted to tell you that. I've been listening to you for a while and now I get the opportunity to tell you. (laughs) Nice. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, I I like it too. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Um, so that is Travis Lasseter. I also want to introduce, um, my aunt, Donna Wade, and, um, she is uh, an active member of the Heritage Reformed Church in Waymart, Pennsylvania for 21 years, um, graduate of Penn State University with a nursing degree, worked in geriatric, geriatric medicine for 15 years in the, uh, telemetry department of community medical center. Um, oh, she worked in the uh, telemetry department of community medical center for five years, uh, she's been a prison nurse for the past 12 years, and uh, she's a volunteer at Pregnancy Resource Center for eight years and works the ultrasounds at Options Women's Center for three years. So both um, uh, very, very um, experienced uh, uh, medical practitioners here uh, with me today. So very, very exciting to have you on board. So thank you both again very much for, for joining us, especially as this is our first episode with guests. Very exciting to have um, uh, such experienced, uh, guests here. So, um, structure of the show today, uh, to really get to know our guests and to, to get their input on, um, some of the issues of today. I want to just ask a couple questions in a couple of different areas. So our, our first question is, is a very general question and it's in your field or area of life. 
what ways can people best be salt and light? And this is kind of in keeping with our, our uh, initial verse, which is Matthew 5.13, you know, be the salt and light of the world. And that's kind of uh, how we started our theme or our show talking about that. Um, Travis, you want to kick it off with the, your answer to this? Sure, absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, so I thought about this, and this was a, um, a really good topic for me. Uh, and, and I had to apply it to the different areas that, uh, in my life, you know, as a county commissioner, as a, as a, as a father, right. as a husband, um, and even working in the pregnancy center. And, mm. and what I came down to is when you look at what salt and light of the earth is, when you look at the biblical perspective of it, uh, you know, today we don't really understand, at least I don't think many of us do understand what salt meant mm. back in those days. Yes. So sometimes we don't even think. What does that mean? So to go back, you know, what was salt used for? It was it was pure and it was used as a preservative. Hmm. And so I, I thought about my perspective and it's preserving, um, you know, the the good morals. So whenever you, whenever you look at the salt, being the salt and light of the earth, and yes. from the county commission side is, you know, it's a preservative. And, and what are we supposed to preserve as Christians? We're supposed to preserve the moral law. We're supposed to preserve hmm. uh, the good in the world that, that is there. So, you know, I'll, I'll just take it on the county commission side is and, and say that, you know, I feel like in government, we, you know, we need to limit government, but we also need to look at it and understanding um, the way God established yes. um, the family government, the church government and the magistrate mm. and, and, and try to keep our focus on what we're supposed to be doing right. instead of all the extra stuff. Yes. So, what are the key roles in yeah, those positions? Key yeah. roles. And then of course, light, you know, shining light on, you know the things that aren't um, godly and things of that mm, nature. So that's kind of that's kind of how I surface. how I look at it and 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 applying it to the the county commission uh, or being in government. Yes, that's great. Thank you. You up, Donna? <laughs> well, being a, a nurse for thirty one years, I have um, had many opportunities to be salt mm. <laughs> in the way I respond to different. Circumstances, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, where sure others would there. be an out of control, or <laughs> um, yeah. you just God gives you the grace mm. to do what you have to do. Yes, yes. So relying on the grace of God to right. keep you moving in the right direction. And I'm sure that that also, you know, in talking about light, I think one of the things we we talk about when we talk about light is is um, kind of what God said about Israel, right? He he gave them this. The laws that he did, so that the the nations around would would ask, "Wow, yes. look at look at how look at what they're doing. What god did they worship?" Right, and the nations would question that. They did the same thing with the beginnings of America. Right, uh, originally they would ask, "Wow, what god do you worship?" Right, what 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 is your driving motivation to to act the way you do as a country and now as an individual? Right, exactly. so I'm I'm sure that that Matthew, um, shown to some people. Matthew five nineteen, I believe it is. Five thirteen. Yes, in uh, Matthew five sixteen, it says, "In the same way, let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and give your and give glory to your Father who is in heaven." Mm. Yes. So there's been many opportunities, not just at the hospital or at the prison. <laughs> <laughs> But at the pregnancy center also. Right. So oh, that's probably the biggest one. And and it's um, really exciting uh, and, and uh, providential, I think, that I ended up with um, you two as guests because you both share a lot in common. You've both worked uh, extensively in the medical field and 
Um, you've both worked at uh, pregnancy centers, which is which is really neat. So um, it's cool that we'll be able to pick that up a lot too as as we go. So um, yes, so I, I'm, I'm that's a that's a really really important answer and just plugging away and it, it can get discouraging sometimes um, when we feel like we're doing it all is unto the Lord, but we're not seeing a magnet, you know, magnificent change in our lives. We're not, it seems like life has just always been the same for us, but a lot of times we don't realize the impact that we've had on other people and, and how maybe later on down the road, when they come to Christ, they'll remember that or that'll lead them towards, towards that. Yep. So we will never know fully, I think, what our, what being salt and light will, will actually do, but it does a lot more than you think. Yep. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for sharing. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. So my next group of questions uh, relates pretty much directly to COVID-19 and, and the whole situation uh, in regards to COVID-19. And, and there's just so much there to unpack. But um, some of these kind of relate in your positions as, as um, medical practitioners, nurses. Um, a lot of this, I think, relates to, to what you've done. So uh, my, my first question is, given that you've both worked in the medical field, uh, what do you think was the worst mistake of the Trump or Biden administration, and or both, um, in their handling of COVID-19? And Travis, we can start with you. Okay. Um, well, that's a, that's a pretty good question. It's uh, a big question. I just <laughs> heard, uh, I don't know if y'all heard Hugh Hewitt in his interview uh, with Fauci, mm. um, but you know, the, the admission of lying about the masks and the reason why they said you shouldn't wear a mask and, and, and his, his basis to that reason was to, um, so that we wouldn't run short on the mask so that the medical people could have it rather than giving out the facts at the very beginning. Right. Anytime, anytime you compromise, and this is for, even for Christians, you know, this is a, an application in our Christian life as well. Anytime you compromise yourself by making a lie and saying, well, it's for the better good, I would have a problem with that. So I think that's probably one of the, yeah. well, I had a different view when I first got these questions after hearing that Hugh Hewitt um, mm. interview. I think that was probably the biggest um, error, if you will, yeah. um, dealing with COVID. If you're willing to lie to us right up front, you wonder now why people aren't willing to trust the government or even right. trust what you put out. So exactly. you've just compromised how we trust you from yeah. that moment forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, a lot of the same things I feel with the CDC, you know, like they've just, they've lied to us so many times and not given us the data or have given us uh, false data that it's it's hard to know when the data is actually true and when it's accurate and, and those sorts of, those sorts of things, the, the World Health Organization, the um, FDA, all of these institutions, um, it's, it's really hard to trust them after they've lied to you so many times. It's like, well... Are you lying now, or is this is this true? It's the, the boy who cried wolf. You just never know. So, yeah, thank you. Well, I concur, <laughs> concur with both, what you both have said, and um, I think Trump's biggest mistake was listening to one bureaucrat. Mm. Yes, one unelected bureaucrat. One unelected bureaucrat. Yep. And um, because there's counsel, there's wisdom. Yes. And many counselors. Yes. And him just listening to one really put a put a damper on the whole yes. situation. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because historically, when a virus would happen, right, we would see groups of scientists across not just the nation but the world getting together, debating, right, offering differing perspectives, different sides, different interpretations of the data. We would see Harvard. Um, during flu outbreaks, get together and multiple different doctors, 
They all had to have different viewpoints because we don't want just one perspective. We want multiple perspectives because we can't all be right. But we need to hear different perspectives because there's no way just one person is going to be right all the time. So, yeah, yeah, that was that was a huge, huge issue. And, and frankly, quite unprecedented because we, we haven't seen the level of, of power given to one man in America since, I think, when King George <laughs> ruled us before the colonies, or, you know, during the, the colonists' days. I mean, that amount of power should never be given to just one man or, or one single institution in America. That's why there's checks and balances. Yeah, 100%. I have one more thing. The biggest thing that really um, frustrated me was the silencing of many doctors mm. who were coming out against Dr. Fauci's yes. findings. Right. Um, uh, the American frontline doctors. Yes. I mean, they were absolutely silenced. Their videos were removed. Mm. And that's that's sneaky. It is. Sneaky. It is. Yeah. Be go ahead. Being in the uh, in the research field, you know, you don't shut doctors down. You let mm. them go through and, and you know you, you peer review what they're you know what they're talking yes. about or what they're testing you don't just say well we don't agree with you so we're going to shut you down so um, I would have to agree 100% the moment you started isolating and shutting down uh, the discussion I mean science mm. is about testing and verifying truth right and can we rep can we replicate it can we you know can we do this can we do that the moment you shut that down and you say well your your view is not valid anymore regardless of you know, how much effort you're putting into doing the research, I think that is a big problem because, you know, it shows that you're trying to get a one-sided message, which then again leads to that, the public not wanting to trust the government. Mm. There's already that yes. uh, low distrust. level of trust anyway. Yeah. So why would you want to do something that would cause more distrust? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's what the whole scientific method is about, right? Is, um, you have a theory, but you need lots and lots of data, lots and lots of people running experiments over this over and over and over again before it can finally reach to the next level. You know, and it, it goes through these levels not based on how much the person wants it to go to the next level, you know, whether they want it or not, it still has to go through data, it has its trial by fire, it has to go through peer reviews, all of this kind of stuff, because we used to know that as human beings, we are not infallible. <laughs> we are we are fallen human beings under uh, under the curse of sin, right? And so um, I think even our, our pastor was just talking about this two weeks ago, that how it, it, it dulls the mind. Sin gives you this, this more of a, a dulled mind, which is far less than what it used to be. And so just to trust your own mind um, over all else, what, what does the Bible say about the heart? Right? It's deceitful above all else. Who can know it? Um, to trust that and, and not want the opinions of other people who are, have different opinions and want to share them. And maybe very valid. Exactly. Exactly. Backed up with data, studies. Yep. Definitely. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. Very, very good answers, I think. Um, okay. Next COVID-related question. Uh, what do you think is the worst example of government overreach, both in 2020 and 2021? Now, I know there's a lot of examples to pull from. It was utterly insane. Um, but what, what is the worst, both 2020 and 2021? Travis? Well, I would say 2020 was probably the mask mandate. Mm. If you don't know, you know, everybody's history and with you not being a physician to make a, you know, a blanket mandate yes. uh, in a community or even from the government's perspective, mm. I think that was 
definitely uh, wrong. And then, of course, in 2021, we're dealing with it right now, and it's the, the mandatory uh, COVID vaccine. Mm. And so I think those are significant overreaches. That's not what the government is here for. The government's yes. here to protect our rights. Uh, you know, our rights are given to us by God, and the government is to protect those rights. And whenever you're overstepping your authority, then you're actually violating the rights of individuals. So yes. that's simple, plain, and to the point. Uh, that's where I see that at, as the two uh, for 2021 and 2020. Yep, I agree. Hope I didn't steal yours. <laughs> I did, actually. Thank you very much. I'm sitting here trying to think of new ones. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. The first one was definitely the mass mandate because you don't know everybody's, um, not even just um, physical, but mental. Mm. What this did for the mental health community mm. is just staggering. Yeah. Um, the suicides, the overdoses, because people were locked up in their houses. People had to put masks on their faces yeah. and were claustrophobic to begin with. Mm. The mental health Those aspects. Poor children on the planes. We've seen video after video oh, of kids with mental kids. illnesses on a plane. Yeah. Um, they can't breathe. They're two years old, crying, pulling it off, and then they get kicked off the plane. Because they took it down for a yeah, second. Yeah, hypoxia is real, and it's 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 going to cause a lot of damage, and you're going to see a lot of incidents of increased um, different um, health yeah. issues. Mm. Um, We've already seen an increase in, in gum, disease gum disease because people are breathing through their mouths instead of their nose, disease. and their mouths are just drying out, and yeah. they're getting all these gum diseases. It's it's ridiculous the uptick in that. Yeah, yeah. and that's just the that's the smallest minute. <laughs> Uh, side effect from this yeah. the, the, it only gets worse from there yeah in 2021 is definitely the um the the jab mandate yep um i'll steal a quote from another group my body my choice mm. it's my my medical decisions <laughs> are between me and my health care provider right not the government yep yep exactly they don't belong exactly and decisions. even if you know there, there are so many sides to that debate. And to me, I think the, the two that I think are the strongest against these vaccines is one, the lethality of it. And we're only seeing those numbers now just at insane magnitudes. Um, the lethality of the vaccine and then, and then also the alternative treatments that are available are just, we have so many of them. I, I can't, it's, I think it'd be hard pressed to find like five examples of other viruses that are brand new. And yet we've had so many available treatments that have worked for other upper respiratory diseases um, that we've used for years since the sixties, since before the sixties that we know worked, that are tried and true, that work against COVID, that we have the data for that. Nurses across the country have been using it last year and this year. And it's the, the, the success rates are unbelievable. We do not need an experimental injection at this time. It's just not the pressing need that you had with the Black Death. Like, <laughs> for instance, this is not something that is killing millions of people. And, it, and it's not unavoidable without an experimental injection. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much for sharing. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, I think um, the, 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 there were so many states that, that took it even further than just your, your standard 
mask mandate or, you know, than the standard vaccine mandate. There were uh, states like uh, lovable communist Pennsylvania where um, you saw uh, King Wolf um, make his subjects, um, they couldn't sit at a bar. You weren't allowed to sit at a bar and drink beer. You weren't allowed to order beer without also ordering food. There were limits on how many people could be in buildings. It was just utter insanity all of last year. Um, and it really showed that they, one, have no idea what their real role is in a governmental position. And two, that um, they are just, they're willing to do whatever they want at this point. And, and they believe they have complete control. And who are you to stand in their way? You're just a peasant. You're just one of their subjects. We've, we've, we've gone from a, a government, governmental power derived from the people to back to an aristocracy or even a monarchy in the case of Fauci, right? <laughs> Grouchy Fauci. We've gone to the point where one man gets to tell us all how to live. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. Next question. Final COVID-related question. How do you think people can get... Um, more involved, I guess this isn't really a, a, a direct COVID question. This relates to a lot of different things. But um, how do you think people can get more involved in society on a fundamental level to fight back and dissent against what's currently going on? That can be COVID. That can be uh, overreaches of government, all those sorts of things. Go ahead. <laughs> you want to go ahead first? Well, um, yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> no way, I don't take I your answer. I was going to say that. <laughs> right, right, right. I'll Switch. take your answer. <laughs> um, I would say start running. People need to start stepping up and running for local um, elections. Run for mm. local elections. I don't care what it is. School board? Oh, please run for school board and change this nasty, <laughs> nasty school board system of teaching all this stuff unbelievable stuff to mm -hmm. children that children shouldn't even know anything about yet yep um start running for local politics we need good <clears throat> godly people starting to run for the small offices yes because it starts in the community yep yeah very good yeah that's it that's a great way travis 100 i'm going to echo what you just said <laughs> um in the aspect of our, our communities need to be involved. Christians need to be involved mm. in government. If you're not involved in government, the, the question I always pose to individuals, well, then how are you serving God um, to impact the government? Because if yes. you're not being uh, part of the solution, you're, I'm going to say it, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And as, we, as our society has moved the way it's gone, we see less and less of accountability in government, mm. and we've seen more and more corruption and more and more of doing what the government wants to do. And the yep. reason why we have that is we have individuals that are not godly individuals serving in those positions, and yes. we need to get individuals yes. back there. But it's not just being involved in it. It's you've got to be in, you got to be involved even if you're not running for office. You need mm. to help your local in my case, your local county commissioner, by if you have a lot of research that you've already done on a particular topic, bring that information forward. Because if you don't bring that information forward and we're trying to make a, a decision, mm. uh, if we don't have that information, we're making a decision based on not all the information. Right. It's just like in right. any other field that you may have to make decisions on, whether it's in the in, in, you know, the building field, you know, construction, yeah. or whatever. If you don't have all the information and you go build a, a structure there yeah. and something happens to it because you didn't have the geological surveys, 
then it's going to go to the <laughs> right. ground. The same thing is, you know, you can get people elected, and I've seen this happen. We get good people elected sometimes, but then we step away, or I'm not going to say we, I'm involved in it, but, uh, but <laughs> yeah. then they, everybody steps away and they don't try to help you with all the information that you need because there's so much that goes on in government and people don't realize the, the amount of time that it takes mm. to be in some of those positions. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, you're, you're a county commissioner. Uh, I spend pretty close to 30 hours a week working county commission stuff on top of a full-time wow. job. Wow. A house, you know, family and, yeah. uh, and farm. So whenever you take all that into consideration, how much, how effective am I being at each of those roles that I have in my life if mm. I don't have people helping me? Now, people are seeing that and they're starting to come forward and help right. uh, some of these legislators or commissioners and things of that nature. But don't just get involved to vote. Mm. involved with vote and yep. help and bring I things love that. forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that gives a whole new meaning to power derived from the people, right? right. Because it, it's not just, uh, you get them up there and that's all you did. That's, that's the only power you have. It, it shouldn't be. Yeah. Right. And to kind of tack on one other thing, and, and it, this just was said this morning, but it was in our Sunday school class when Scott uh, was talking about, you know, how do you spend your time with God versus, you know, sports and things of that nature? Mm. You know, where where is our time? Uh, where do we place value on our time and what we're doing? Well, the same thing applies even with government. If if you're saying, okay, I'm willing just to vote the good guy in and then step away, you're not engaged in the governmental process, which yep. whenever you look at the founding of our government, we didn't have TV, we didn't have sports, you know, people had their farms, their families, church, and the government. I mean, that's yes. really what it Civil was. government. Yeah. So you were very engaged and understood what was going on. We, right. With everything that goes on in our society nowadays, people are not engaged in the government because they're so disgusted with the government. Mm. They're engaged in everything else that yes. their, <laughs> that really distracts them from what yeah. the government's doing. Yeah. And, you know, the government's saying, watch over here as I do this. Yeah. We've got to get back into paying attention to it. And if we don't do that, we're going to just continue to see the downward spiral. My, my view and my opinion. But that's, yeah. that's I, why I, I got agree. involved. I agree. Yeah, I, and I think that's great. And and you know, you're not just talking the talk; you've walked the walk. You know, you that's you you got elected, and you're you're working towards that. Yeah, yeah. I I think um, people early on in our nation had just come out of a time where they were just um, they didn't they didn't really put a lot of of effort into maintaining the government. Right? It was that's where you get the whole phrase taxation without representation. Right? It was. Eh, People didn't have a lot of say there because they were the royals. They were the they were the people overseas over there that we didn't really have a lot to do with unless you worked really, really hard. And so when America first became a country, they understood just how important that is. And I think we've lost that. I think you're definitely right. We've we've lost the the understanding of how important it is for us to be involved on all the levels. All the all the levels, not just voting them in there, but also helping them helping the people once they are in there, right? Because they should be going to their people and figuring out what they can do, yeah, what they can do to help or or. And I would personally, I what I see from scripture is is there's not a lot that the government, civil government, should be able to do. And we talked about that a lot on last week's show. Um, it's the justice division of society. They're, they're the ones who, when a crime is, a biblical crime is committed, that's when the civil government steps in and, and helps to handle that. Um, so there shouldn't be a lot that it needs in order to survive, money-wise or um, information-wise. A lot of that, they should be looking at scripture and finding a lot of that from there. Um, but the people should definitely have much more of a say, for sure. 
Thank you. <laughs> Anything else you want to add before we move on? All right. Okay, well, um, next group of questions I've titled as uh, Society and the Bible. Um, and uh, the, the first, first question is, what, what do you think is the most important role of self-government in a biblical society? So this is something that we've talked about, um, we talked about last week on the show. And uh, Gary DeMar made the distinctions between the civil government, church government, family government, individual government, which is self-government, right? Um, you've got those classifications, right? They're all equal, all equal, but all under Christ as well. Um, and so self-government, self-discipline is, um, is something that I, you know, we talked about a lot last week. And, and so, you know, this question builds on that. What is the most important role of self-government, most important example of that in a biblical society? I would have to say that um, it would have to be self-discipline because we really need to get back to the Bible. Yes. We need to start reading more. We need to start meditating more. Mm. We need to start praying more. So we what do you think? do not pray, read, and meditate nearly enough. Mm. Yeah. We are so busy with entertainment um, and all kinds of jobs. This job, that job, the other job. And it's we're losing, we're losing our time with God. Mm. We're losing our communion. Yeah. Yeah. We're tiptoeing around sin. We need to be mortifying sin. Yeah. Yep. 100% agree. Yeah. Thank you. That kind of ties in with what I was going to say is being able to understand that uh, submitting to God's authority. Hmm. And to do that, what do we have to do? One, you have to read the scriptures to understand what he's asking us and telling us that we need to do. And then once you realize that you should be reading scripture every day, then yes. and if you don't, and if if you sidestep that or you make that as a secondary in life and you mm. put um, entertainment as a primary in your life after yeah. you're done with work uh, or even with your family, then uh, then that's when you see uh, problems creeping in. Yes. So whenever God's not first, yeah. then that's when we see that uh, that self-government piece is we're not putting God uh, as our authority. Mm. And that has, I mean, disastrous rippling effects across society. I, I think sometimes we... Um, don't quite realize how important self-government really is. We, we, we see a lot of the things that government, civil government does today, um, like um, health care that they think they're involved in, um, traffic lights, stop signs, you know, all of that kind of stuff they've had to do because the individual has um, stepped down from those positions. The individuals weren't able to save up their money. They weren't good stewards of what God gave them. And so then the government had to create insurance plans and Medicare and all this garbage that doesn't work at all. But it was intended because it was created for the purpose of helping people afford those things because they weren't being self-disciplined to save money themselves. Uh, traffic lights, these sorts of things were created because people kept crashing. They didn't love their neighbor enough to say, you know what? I could hurt someone. I'm going to slow down. I'm not. I'm not going to drive as fast right now. I'm. I'm going to stop here. I know there's not a stop sign, but I'm going to stop anyways. They weren't self-disciplined enough to do that, so the government had to step in and do it for them. All of these areas, but it, it all originates from your. You know, you're, you're getting right to the heart of it. We don't. We didn't love our neighbor enough because we weren't in the Word of God enough to understand the importance of loving our neighbor as ourselves, and so we would drive over. Our, we didn't have a self-imposed speed limit, so the government had to create one. We didn't 
put our gifts from God, our money, um, in our family above our own wants and desires, our own uh, need for entertainment. And so we didn't save enough money to pay for our health care, pay for our cars, pay for all of this stuff. So the government had to step in and mandate that everyone gets insurance so that, you know, nobody was without insurance or, or without health care or any of those sorts of things. So it all stems from that core, exactly what you're talking about, that core principle. Go ahead. Yes. And so we started down that pathway. And now that we have become so ingrained with the government doing this, mm. it's, hard policies, it. yeah. it's hard to get off of it because... We, and even in the county government, we have people that request, you know, we have ordinances for building permits. We have ordinances for what you can and can't do on your property, mm. your, your, your property and what you can and can't do on it. Yeah. And it's because the society has come and said, well, we don't want people to be able to do this or do that or whatever. And so it's people asking for government to restrict or put in ordinances or to do, you know, the, yeah. the insurance requirements, mm. mandatory seatbelts. Wow. Mandatory helmets if you ride a motorcycle. Wow. And, and, it's and all, the people are actually asking the government yeah. now to do this. And it's wow. all under the guise of government is here, should be here to help protect. I mean, that's that's the, that's the philosophy that's out there is government is here to protect, help protect you. Because as a Christian nation, we should be doing what we can to help our neighbor and protect our neighbor. That's some of the, the, the words that I've heard individuals say whenever they're talking about um the government and why it's it's here to do certain uh, roles that it's doing now that we would look at and say no that's a that's a family role that's a church role the magistrate should only be doing this yep yep yeah definitely definitely lack of self government can be related to all sorts of different things it it's always amazed me the more i study um you know economics psychology all of these different things the rippling effects of going against God's word, going against the law that he's given us, the wisdom he's given to us. Um, it's like a six-year-old disobeying what their father has given to them as, you know, hey, don't run out into that road. Well, why? I don't, I just, I want to, you know, I, I like it over there. I'm just going to run in it. It's flat. It's cool. I like running in the road. And they get run over by the car, right? This six-year-old had no idea why the father maybe had no idea. And if the father had explained it to them, they would have forgotten, right? Um, my, you know, my dad would always say, give the example of a, a child wanting to drive his father's car. But he's five years old. He has no idea how he's not tall enough to press the pedals. He has no idea what the rules of the road are. He can't turn. He doesn't have the wisdom and discernment to drive that car. But he wants to anyways. His father could spend hours explaining to him why he shouldn't do it. But at the end of the day, the kid is just going to say, I just want to do it. I, I want to do it anyways. <laughs> and that's sometimes what we end up doing. We end up acting like children sometimes when we go against the word of God. And, you know, a lot of times we have no idea where things are going to go um, when we go against God's word. When we get government money involved in things that government money shouldn't be involved in, the rippling effects throughout the economy is disastrous. You can just... And we didn't know that 100 years ago, 200 years ago. Now we do because we've experienced it, unfortunately. Um, it's unfortunate that sometimes we have to go through the pain of disobeying God's word and, and discovering the consequences before we actually learn to trust him wholeheartedly. Yeah. All right. Final question. Here we go. Um, why do you think we've seen such a large 
uh, decrease of biblical self-government in America today. We've just discussed the importance of it. We've um, all acknowledged that uh, we're lacking it, right? But what, what do you think is at the heart of that um, decrease in self-government in America? Uh, and Donna? <laughs> well, like I said before, we tiptoe around our sin. Mm, yeah. Sin has caused grievous, grievous families, <laughs> churches, and right up the ladder. Sin is the cause of all kinds of things. And we we spend too much time on entertainment mm. and self-centeredness and doing what we want instead of learning what God wants us to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So I would say sin. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what she's just said. Uh, but also... I mean, when you when you look at it um, from a sin perspective, it's that sin perspective means you're unwilling to surrender to God's authority. So that's the biggest part of it. Sin, which is the chain reaction to not be, you know, whenever you don't submit to God's authority to read Scripture, to study and pray like we should with your family and for your own personal time, then that is the biggest aspect of it because it's that mm. selfish sin and selfishness to wanting to have the entertainment or, yes. or or take those breaks and, and not be involved where we should be. Yeah. 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 100%. I, I totally agree. I think um, another big part of that is uh, not knowing a, a lack of teaching and a lack of studying what the roles of all of these different kinds of governments really are. Um, and I, I think over the years it's been so shuffled um, the, the authority, the, the chunks of responsibility have been shuffled throughout American history to the point at which almost 95% of it has been shuffled over to the civil government, right? <laughs> which really, it should be divided evil, evenly, equally between all of the governments that God has created, between the church, between the family, between the self-government, the individual, and the judicial or the, the civil government, right? So, um, yeah, we, we've seen such a large decrease in self-government because people don't know what self-government looks like. They have no idea what they should be doing um, to be self-governed. Or they think it's the government's job to do the thing that they should be doing, which right. many times, and I'll, I'll, this is a, an example that y'all may or may not have been familiar with this, but most times if a neighbor has a problem with a neighbor, they call the cops. Even <laughs> if it's something simple as loud noise, they won't go and have a yeah. conversation with them. Um, Right, and so it's not. It's our society has gotten to the point where we don't even want to go and have mm. conversation. It might turn confrontational, but guess what? If they don't know that they're impacting you, why not let them know that they're impacting you? They might actually say, "Oh, I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. Thanks for yeah. letting me know." But yeah. we don't do that anymore. Yes. Our society does not want to. Neighbors don't want to talk to neighbors anymore. On many cases, at least that's how I see it in the in the county, because we get complaints all the mm, time. Wow, oh, my neighbor's doing this. Well, have you talked <laughs> to them about it? No. <laughs> Why not? Right. Well, I don't right. want to go do it. That's your job. Right. Well, you see, they've diverted that. <laughs> to Sounds like kids the on government. a playground almost. It is. It's they like divert. the kids go running back to their parents. And it's like, I exactly. don't like that, mommy. Well, did you go talk to them? No. <laughs> you know. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And, really and, and government is going to feed on that. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll fix the problem. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. Government says, okay, you're coming to us with a problem. You're not willing to fix the problem, so we're, we're, we're willing to step in because you've asked us to step in. Mm. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Really good points. All right. Well, anything else you'd all like to add before we end? Just thanks for having us on. I, I appreciate it. You know, it's my first podcast ever to be on. <laughs> so it's kind of an interesting um, thing. So I appreciate it. Thanks. You are very welcome. Thank you both so much for joining. Um, very, very informative conversations. And hope to have uh, you both on again at some point and um, start having more more and more guests on. Get some get some more opinions like we were talking about earlier today. Get, get some alternative view, viewpoints, which would be really cool. So. Thank you both very much. Thank you for what you do. Yes. This, yes. Is, this is very good. It's very good to listen to. And I thank you for what you're doing. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. Well, um, thank you all very much for listening to us today. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Um, without having an audience to speak to, we wouldn't be able to do much. Uh, within that same vein, I'd like to ask if each of you could share the word, spread the word about the show, and share it with as many people as you can share it with. We've made it really, really easy to share this show with all of your friends. All you have to go, all you have to do is go to trdshow.net, which is our website, and you'll find a list of links to all of the many platforms that we are on and uh, you can just share that website with anybody and everybody that you can that would be excellent also don't forget you can email the show at trdshow at protonmail.com with anything you'd like to send our way we'd love to hear uh, what you thought about some of the conversations we had today with our guests um, and if you have um, guests you'd like to see on the show in the future we'd love to hear about that as well thank you all so much again for watching us and we will see you in the next episode and until then remember in all that you do do as unto the lord